Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I'm joined this week by a well-rested Don Pizzette. Well, actually, you weren't on vacation, were you? You were, like, stuck in an airport or something. Yeah, it was week. like a trip from hell. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, thank you, Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, and don't fly the friendly skies with American Airlines. <laughs> I told you that before you went. And Daniel, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm here having a good chuckle here before the, uh, the show. Get me in good spirits to take on probably some horrible news, as we usually do. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> a lot of horrible news this week. We're going to talk about the pipeline uh, again. Uh, it didn't happen again, don't <laughs> no. worry. But uh, gonna All talk new pipeline. Yeah, yeah another, whole other pipeline, the one that goes up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one was the one coming down. But we're also uh, joined today by a special guest. We have Richard Hosgood, who is the North American Director of Engineering at Botero. Uh, Richard, how are you? Hey, guys. Did you catch those fish or buy them at Pier 1 Imports? I caught them in Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Had them imported. Now, do you, do you <laughs> get them, like, mounted in Mexico, or do you just, like, put them on ice and just put them on the plane? They ship them to Florida, and they, they make them, and then uh, send them to your house. That makes more sense. Okay. Yep. Just, <laughs> that makes more sense. I didn't know if you had like a live whale on the plane. Yeah. It's <laughs> a whole thing. All right. Well, uh, let's get to know a little bit more about Richard, uh, like his professional side, uh, <laughs> as opposed to the angling side. In our first segment, rapid fire questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, Richard, in this segment, what we're going to do is rapidly throw questions at you. You'll see a timer appear on the side of the screen, and you will have approximately one minute to answer each question. If you take too long, Peter will zap you or buzz you or whatever it is he does, uh, and then we'll move on to the next question. So uh, we will kind of rotate through each of us. The first question is coming at you from Peter. All right, Richard, can you give us kind of just the uh, elevator pitch, a little bit of an overview of Otero and what you guys do? Yeah, so Votero offers a product that's called a secure file gateway, and Gartner considers it to be a product called CDR. That's the term that they coined for it, which is content disarm reconstruction. And what it does is it doesn't look for known bad content whatsoever. It cleans and sanitizes all files that are inbound to the organization. So any threat file that's attempting to make it in, we would stop it dead in its tracks before it makes it into the organization. And this could be from email to web uploads or even web downloads when the file is being uploaded into the organization. Now, you mentioned uh, that it like sanitizes files, and I'm, I'm thinking like traditional antivirus. When it says that it sanitizes a file, that means it deletes it. The file goes <laughs> away. Uh, but I know you, you have something, uh, what was it called? Positive selection technology. Uh, d does that provide some kind of special sanitization beyond what we're, we're used to, you know, the horrible experience we normally have? <laughs> yeah, so antivirus technologies, they traditionally look for known threat content. So you think of anything that's known bad and not known good, where Votira looks for known good content, and we call it positive selection, but really what it does is it's template-based reconstruction. So imagine a PDF that has images and text and all kinds of elements inside of it. We would deconstruct that file, no matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, and take more of a deterministic approach rather than a predictive approach like an antivirus would do. Another scenario that we also tend to see is, is organizations implementing sandboxes, but that takes in upwards of 5 to 10 to 15 minutes just to process a single file. 
where Votier is doing this in milliseconds and making sure that only known safe content makes it into the organization. Wow, that's that's actually really cool stuff because I've worked some of that sandbox stuff and you're right, it can be a bit of a slog. Now, uh, speaking of, you know, a bit of a slog, this pandemic thing has kind of hit most of us in ways we've never thought imaginable. It kind of changed the landscape out there, specifically in security, since that's what we're talking about. Would you say that it has been your experience that it has affected this um, idea of weaponized files as well? Are you seeing that in that space? Yeah, so if you've seen the latest Verizon Data Breach Investigation Report, 94% of the time these threats are coming in through email. Now with everyone utilizing their home laptops or desktops, uh, a lot of the traditional technologies that companies deploy on those endpoints don't exist. And these users have uh, an unlimited amount of access with unprotected systems, where if you implement a solution like Votero, where the data is in motion before it makes it to the end user, it doesn't matter what device that they're leveraging. You don't even need traditional antivirus solutions installed on the desktop at all. All right, I'm changing my question because I, I thought of something when you guys were talking. I'm curious. So you said that uh, you know this is quicker than a sandbox, which totally makes sense. But uh, when you when you're just looking against a list of, of known threats, it's easy to say, is this the known threat? No, okay, let it through. But in the case of what you guys are doing, actually deconstructing and and then putting it back together, is that is that slow? How how quick is that? And how do you how do you make it quick enough so it's not disruptive? Well, that process in itself, since we're not searching for anything, or as I mentioned in a sandbox scenario, the file is actually being opened on the machine with this specific uh, type of software. In our case, we're not doing any of that. We're not opening the file. We're not looking for known bad content whatsoever. So what we're looking for is where's the text? Where's the images? Go ahead and recreate them. Clean those files and then place them into a brand new template, leaving behind any threat content that may exist within that original document. And what we found is a lot of the threat content that resides inside the template is how it's executed when the file is opened. Just imagine you're opening a Word document with a macro, and inside that macro, it has uh, an auto-execution piece of code that launches PowerShell and takes over the system. What Votero would look for is that auto-execution, disable that particular piece, and then clean and sanitize the macro to make sure that it's known safe when the end user receives it, which is just a totally different approach. And I know I would say that that's one of my most difficult things is getting people to understand that process because a lot of uh, companies focus in on, do you block it? Do you quarantine? We want that to happen, but that's actually imp impacting productivity, which is really problematic for a lot of organizations, especially when it comes to legal teams and HR teams, they need to open resumes or you're not gonna be able to hire anyone even with uh, legal departments being hacked all the time, especially since the, the COVID pandemic, the, a lot of legal documents are being passed around and they have lots of threat content inside of them. We're seeing even small, smaller firms where threads are hijacked and there's threat content that's being passed between two known people where they've worked together before and they trust this individual. And you can't really train people not to open these files it's it's their job. They have to. How does how does your software determine like if I had a macro like say I put a, like a, a legitimate macro inside of a file and sent it to Don and he opened it would it then stop that or how does it tell what's malicious versus what's legitimate? 
Yeah, what a lot of companies consider that to be is active content is the term that people use. Active content can be safe. It doesn't have to mean malicious in nature. For example, if the macro is running an external program run action, like launching the PowerShell, that's a bad macro. That should just never occur. But in the scenario of just pivoting on the existing data tables that exist in the system itself, we would leave that alone. So we're not stripping out uh, active content, what we're doing is we're cleaning and making sure that it's only good active content that's left within the file by the time the end user executes or opens that particular file. And then at the end of the week, they'll take all the bad uh, content that they've got, and they'll just send that to you in one file, so you yeah, have it. Yeah. You have to empty the bin once a yeah. week or get full. Uh, now, you know, I, I'm curious, Peter. You left off the the obvious 600 pound gorilla question, which is, what does the name Votero have to do with any of this? So, <laughs> so what, what is the origin of the company name? Um, so the the company is originally from Israel. Uh, we're, we're pretty big in Asia Pac. That's where we originally started. And when we kicked off the operations in the U.S., is 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 when we we became uh, pretty big within the states. But Votira doesn't have a specific terminology or, or meaning in particular. But we. We did in the past, they used to call the product called Disarmor because we're disarming weaponized files. But uh, we have since uh, changed that to be the, the positive selection technology. Well, I, th I thought we were talking to someone good when we were talking to the North American Director of Engineering, but that, this is the small division. <laughs> we got the, uh, 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 little guy. All right, we'll see. I'll if tell we you can what, I gotta go like sign up to be an Israeli because <laughs> you'd say I need to be in that military because I know you got the eighty two hundred thing going on. I, I want to get in that because every cool product. They have all the cool it's stuff. coming out of Israel, like every that time. That works. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Silicon Valley for uh, security. Yeah, yeah. really, it is. Well, yeah. uh, you know, it, Richard seems like a happy guy, and, and it's all fun and games. But, you know, there are things that, that really get under his skin and grind his gears. So let's go ahead and jump into the next segment, What Grinds My Gears. You know what really grinds my gears? This Lindsay Lohan. You know what really grinds my gears? You, America. We now go to Peter for You Know What Really Grinds My Gears. All right, so what I have uh, for this one is that you're basically upset about uh, anti-phishing awareness training that, that just doesn't uh, doesn't live up to, to what it should. And I I know I hate anti-phishing training, too, because it's my boss trying to trick me, uh, <laughs> and, and always successfully. So, uh, But I don't think that's what, what angers you here. So, so what is it that, that upsets you about that? Yeah, so as I was mentioning earlier, especially with uh, HR companies, companies that are receiving resumes, think of a director of HR, they're going to have a high level of access in the company. If you were to attack that particular type of individual, a lot of lateral movement can occur. So it, it's problematic where you're telling people you can't open resumes because you have to hire people. That's just an impracticality. So that 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 does tend to grind my gears when it comes to that scenario, especially uh, the case with the legal departments receiving legal documents, that that also becomes quite problematic when you tell them, well, you can't click on this file, but you should be able to click on this type of file, when most of the time they don't really know what file should be clicking on. When a lot of these attacks, the way that they work, is they trigger an emotional response on the end user. The end user is reacting in a way that they normally wouldn't. And maybe because inside of the email, it says that uh, you purchased this massive uh, amount uh, for this item, and then you immediately want to click on the link. Or uh, the file itself says, here's an invoice for you 
Uh, I'll give you a great example. I just saw this recently where it was a UPS invoice that was received by an individual and they were wondering, well, I didn't ship anything. Why, why do I owe money uh, to UPS? So then they make you open up the, uh, the executable file that was embedded directly within the email. So teaching users not to respond uh, to emotional reactions is very problematic in the industry. And flipping it on its head, leveraging positive selection is, is truly the, the better approach when it comes to just telling people, don't worry about it. Click on anything you want. We know that it's now <laughs> safe because it's being sanitized. Yeah, I think I think uh, I can see where this is going, where the answer is, don't do the training, just get Votero. <laughs> but, uh, but for those that, that maybe don't have it yet, uh, is, is yeah. there a way that you would make the training better or, um, you know, to fix the, those issues that you just brought up? A lot of the scenarios you can't and you can't improve the training because, as I mentioned, it's more of an emotional reaction that's occurring. It's it's the end user who's going to react to the scenario depending upon what it is, and and more of it tends to be social, it's social engineering, confirming that um, do this or do that or click on this thing. It's it's always an action that the end user has to take, and. You, you, if you're going to train your employees properly, the, the focus should be more so on don't get emotionally uh, and don't emotionally react to these messages that you're receiving. Take a breather. Uh, Maybe submit it to the security team to, to look at it further before you, you make an action. Because once it's done, it's done. There's no going back from an attack. Yeah, I guess it does kind of highlight that like just rolling out a training program isn't enough. You've got to evaluate the effectiveness of it. If you've got tools like Votero or, or you know, whatever uh, solutions you have in place, that's going to help. And so yeah. you could get away with bad training, I suppose. But uh, any kind of training, you need to reevaluate, improve, adjust. You know, things change. I, I know things have really changed a lot recently because years ago it was just, hey, if I got an email and the attachment was a VBS file, then I knew that was a problem. Don't run that, right? But now they're they're very legitimate files, very easy to be tricked. Uh, they they can even hide malicious content in images now. So that that does make it really hard to train people. I, I love your example of the HR because human resources, you have to open up those those resumes you're not gonna be able to hire people so it's a it's a tough challenge i I think it'll be a hard one for people to win it sounds like the one size fits all approach is kind of the the problem too because like if you're in accounts receivable you're getting invoices every day and so if i got an invoice in in my job i'd go wait a second i didn't you know why am i getting this so people know i don't pay for things (laughs) yeah this is not that's not how i work so if anything uh, you owe me money (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'll send you an invoice right back i'm gonna read this crap that's right one of the most uh recent hacks that i've seen that this was very interesting where it was very simple it was, it was very simple that it was an email directly to an HR uh, user and the individual, the hacker knew uh, the people who worked for the company and they sent just a simple message. Hey, um, looking to change my ACH on my, uh, on my account for my paycheck and they ended up doing it. So even very simple text-based emails um, can have massive impacts on organization. And this goes beyond the file scenario that I'm talking with Votero. It's, it's, it, end users just react. And, and that's the, the most important thing is to not react because that's the reaction is, is the real problem for the end users. Once they react, it's, it's game over at that point. Sounds like we should create training for the phishing uh, people then, because to say things like, "Hey, keep it simple." You know, the shorter the email is, the less chance I have to see the glaring uh, mistakes in in grammar and spelling that you make. 
And, uh, and then when you get arrested for aiding and abetting, then yeah. oh, what that yeah. <laughs> Where's Peter going? Prison. <laughs> In Nigeria. Yeah. It's Weird. Strange. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, well, now that you've uh, enlightened me on that, it grinds my gears, too. And I'm upset about it. <laughs> and I will mention that next time we do an anti-fishing training that I'm not doing it because of that. <laughs> but it won't matter because I'm in jail. So there you go. Have a job anyway. All right. So if people want to find out more about Votero, where do we? Or go if they want to change their ACH, or who do they <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to. email me. That's how you get them to go to your organization. Apparently, send me the routing yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to votero.com or send us an email at info at votero, and we can definitely show you more about the technology and how it works. Yeah. Uh, it's as simple as that. Just going to our website. And I know it's, yeah, I know it's uh, it's silly, but I love the the animation on the page because it really uh, puts you know it, it puts to life kind of what you've explained about taking the file, taking it apart, sanitizing it, put it on a new uh, template, basically or a new canvas, and and lets you kind of see that in action. So uh, it's got a lot of good information there, a lot of resources on that website. So definitely check it out at uh, votero.com, V-O-T-I-R-O. And uh, Richard, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it got you know, got you off the boat for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. you've got it. You've got for those that are just listening, we've we've got uh, not only the fish but the snowboards there as well. So you're set for uh, for both seasons. You've got uh, yeah, I water ski while I fish at the yeah. same time. Oh, that's, <laughs> no, good. that's a talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get ice fishing. Apparently, you do all the snowboarding. You just got to have a really long line. So, well, thank you, Richard, for uh, for taking the time. We'll definitely look to talk to you again in the future. Bye, guys. Appreciate it. All right, and uh, stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more TechNated with Don Pezet right after this. How do IT leaders stay on top of their game with the IT Pro TV webinar series? Twice per month, IT Pro TV presents a webinar on current topics in the IT world. What are some of the key things we should be doing in our organization to make sure that we're prepared for disasters and then... Uh, so what do you say we go ahead and get started with today's topic, how to train your end users G-Threat. So we're going to talk about some of the major things that you need to do to help keep your people safe while they're working remote. You can catch IT Pro TV webinars live or watch on demand when your schedule permits. See them all. Visit itpro.tv slash webinars today. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pazette. Thank you so much to Richard Housgood for joining us and teaching us all about the new ways that we can keep crap out of our email, basically. <laughs> Don had a good idea, though. What was your idea? Just don't accept emails? <laughs> yeah, <right>. Ever. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was proposing during the break that we needed, like, a busy signal for email, you know? Where oh, I thought you were proposing the one outlook rule to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> Reject all email. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anything with subject line exists. Garbage. I need that for LinkedIn. Like people try and contact me via LinkedIn. I yeah. need some way to just tell them, don't do that. <laughs> Get don't off LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, I could, but uh, like it's all the people on Facebook complaining about like Facebook censoring me. Well, leave. I don't know if you know this, Don. LinkedIn is known as what's called social media. Well, <laughs> right, but like if I ever get fired, I'll want that. Yeah. <laughs> it will be there waiting for you, good sir. And hey, uh, this this episode could be the day. This, yeah, this could do it. Don's going to fire himself from his own show. <laughs> and speaking of things that probably got a lot of people fired, let's jump in with our first story, which is Deja News. Deja News. All right, we're looking here at it.slash.org, and we, of course, talking about the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, this article, Colonial, 
Colonial Pipeline paid hackers nearly $5 million in ransom. And I thought it originally came out that they were not going to pay and were going with the uh, old restore from backup. Yeah, so the, uh, the the summary or moral of the story is uh, the United States does not negotiate with terrorists unless it causes the price of gas to go up, in which case all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> did, did the company they found not the pay? Fatal flaw. There was like a subscript in the in the language. Are you saying that the that the U.S. paid, not the company? No, no, the oh, company okay. paid. So uh, early on, uh, the, the 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 pipeline company came out and said, "We're not going to pay the ransom. That we can recover." But as a few days went by, they realized they couldn't recover because you know most people are just not prepared for this type of uh, a disaster. Uh, and so their way of recovering as quickly as possible was to pay the ransom, which they did. Which was um, five million bucks to them. Uh, you know, and and I think that's the problem, right? Like, if, if I got hit by ransomware, there is no chance I would pay $5 million because I don't have $5 million. But if you're an oil pipeline company, that's... You, got $5 you know that the execs were like, but how much you got? But I got like $2 million. Yeah. You're like, here. check the couch yeah. over there. Go, go in my car, glove compartment, yeah. next to the bars of gold, big water money. So Just grab one of them. <laughs> maybe like an hour's revenue for them. Yeah. And yeah. so if you have a downtime that's over five days, then it makes sense to pay the ransom. But it totally sucks because what it does is it rewards the criminals and it just incentivizes more of that behavior. So well, uh, here's what's know, crazy. Did they pay or did their cyber insurance pay? No, could have been, could have been insurance. Uh, you know that? I don't know. No. But again, when you're that rich, you need yeah, insurance. Know, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. the, the question here is it said that even when they paid, the hackers provided the, the decrypting tool, and the tool was so slow, the company continued using its own backups to help restore the system. So, I mean, if I'm going to pay $5 million, I expect a, a good, you know, malware. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. give me this, like, off-the-shelf yeah. junk. I want I want custom ransomware. That's right. Built, just for me. Tailored wow. just for us. They're lucky they even got that because there's plenty of times where people pay the ransom and they don't get anything. They don't get it, yeah. Like, yeah, because it, it, it's not like these ransomware people are being raided by the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they I mean, they're not bad people, Don. You know? They're just trying to make a living. Yeah. We should make a dark web Better Business Bureau. Where <laughs> you know, because ma- making your way in a world today, it takes yeah. everything you got. Everything you got. <laughs> yeah. Sure can help a lot. Uh, well, that kind of leads us into our next article here, uh, which is probably one of the... Uh, we should have made this Captain Obvious, uh, <laughs> but this is from ThreatPost.com. Darkside, which is the uh, the hacking group that's responsible for this, wanted money, not You'll disruption say- from Colonial oh. Pipeline attack. So what they're saying is this wasn't intended to you know disrupt the system and, and sure. uh, break down the infrastructure of the U.S. This is like, hey, they've got a lot of money. Let's go after them. And that, that was a big problem. So at the very beginning when this hack happened, uh, you know, basically you have a Russian hacking group that has compromised a U.S. infrastructure company. And so it's pretty easy to, to make that accusation and say, oh, this is, this is the Russians attacking the U.S. And that's problematic for these hacking groups because, you know— Really, there's no punishment that's going to come from the United States for them, right? They're, they're, they've, getting, they've gotten away with this scot-free. Like, they're, they're going to get away. But if they cause the U.S. to retaliate against Russia, now that's going to incentivize the Russian government to start trying to clamp down a bit on some of these hacking groups. I mean, unless they're sponsored by the state, which we yeah. don't really know. So, um, so that kind of put them in the spotlight. And they didn't want to be in the spotlight. They just wanted $5 bucks. They didn't even care <laughs> about who it was. Uh, and so they they kind of went on a little PR campaign and started saying like, 
For now on, we're not going to target hospitals or schools, and we'll give discounts to this we'll type of organization. Yeah, that, this There's coupon awesome. codes yeah. now with your ransom. These are the uh, philanthropist uh, yeah. ransomware hackers. And so, here. you know, people kind of started to laugh at them. And then it's not in the article, but towards the end of the week, they took down all of their websites, uh, all their dark web websites. And they put out an announcement saying, hey, all of our servers have been seized and they drained our accounts. But when you look, because, you know, like Bitcoin wallets and stuff, it's easy to trace that. So uh, people can see, like, well, they just transferred their money out and they took their own sites down. So, uh, you know, these, these are criminals. They're, they're not going to give you the honest story. And so it doesn't really matter what they say. Well, this it's, is it's, like when I, when I was in, in middle school and stuff, I would use self-deprecating humor because I'm like, if I make fun of myself, other people won't. Like, the bullies won't come after me. So that's what they're doing. They're like, oh, you don't have to punish us. Look at us. I already got taken down yeah. by... This police group. We feel really bad about it. It's all good. Yeah, that's our bad right there, man. Well, I, I wanted to ask, this begs the question then, you know, so you look at it and you say, yeah, oil company, lots of money, sure. But the disruption that it can cause and the, and the ripple effect that could have. So if you were uh, were dark side or, or had your own, you know, hacking conglomerate, who would you go after that both has the most money and would not have a, a big impact on society? And I'll go first. Mine uh, is the E-Network. Uh, or or the Kardashians specifically. Sure. I don't know if you could hack just a family, <laughs> yeah. but I would go after them. I don't know if I they have any data. I feel that it should be pretty easy to get. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have a lot of data, but I can. I yeah. probably can guess the passwords. Really, yeah. any entertainment company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Sony. Like when there was that Sony. Disney. Hack, that that was a ransomware, Disney. was it? Disney. Yeah. They got a lot of money. Oh, but if you take down Disney Plus, they're like they're right? kids that just watch that Moana just all some of that day, money. every day. Yeah, but we're not getting like new episodes of Mandalorian until August, so you got it's months. True. It's fine. Yeah, but, but re- remember when Sony got hit? Nobody really cared. No, right? That yeah, it didn't really go offline. Right? It's just, we cared. got to read all their fun emails. Yeah, that was fun. We got to watch the interview early. Yeah, for free. <laughs> for free. Yeah. yeah. I Changed still want my, my money back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say one positive thing that came out of this, and I don't know if you guys follow it or not, but uh, uh, there's a Reddit, a subreddit called "Idiots in Cars." And with the gas shortage on the East Coast, oh there have God. been a ton of postings of people hoarding gasoline. And it is ridiculous, some of the things that are happening. Like, there was a lady who had transparent trash bags, and she was filling I, them up with gas. I heard like, of this. Like, my, Walmart bags. Is... My favorite was the, the Hummer. So, yes, a guy had an H3 one. or whatever. He filled up five 25-gallon uh Container, or like, I think it was five five-gallon like containers. Like, actual containers, though. He had, he had legit actual containers. containers. Good for him. But he had them in the truck. And then he lit a cigarette. <laughs> and so the car like pulling out of the gas the, station. Car burned down to the frame. Yeah. Uh, so the pictures are absolutely hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and it shows man's inhumanity to man or something. And, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the people, like, if, let's say you fill up your, your Walmart shopping bag with gas. How's that going to stand up in the car? What What is the end plan yeah. here? Well, it's like when you buy a fish, right? It's a little bag. You oh, tie you got to tie it off? Fine. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. tie it off. No it's big great. deal. Gasoline's and, not And I'm caustic. watching the people with like the big Rubbermaid, you know, Tupperware yeah. containers and going, how are they going to lift that up? Yeah, because uh, that's heavy. Not. Because if it's how many gallons? 50. Yeah. Right? So about nine pounds a gallon. Is that what it but, is? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you just want to be next in line because you can just pull the gas out of that tub then yeah. <laughs> and put it into your vehicle. Cause you that's... siphoned it, I guess, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you do? You, you just leave it in the vehicle. And... What I did is I stole a tanker truck that was empty and then reverse pumped it back in. Everybody thought I was there delivering. Well, the, <laughs> and the crazy thing is most of this, a lot of this that I was seeing was happening here in Florida where we get our gas mostly from the port of Miami. Right. So... Didn't really... Not affected. Yeah, not a big deal. This was uh, There was no shortage be- only because... 
we were in line is why there was a shortage. Yeah. It sucks Although, to be landlocked. <laughs> I will say, you know, the wife and I both have uh, hybrids now, plug-in hybrids. Yeah. So we just plug in. And therefore, yeah. I have a hybrid. <laughs> just doing so loops just like, around. I'm, I'm going to need that car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good times. All right, well, let's go on to our next article here, which is from TheVerge.com. Cloudflare says it's time to end CAPTCHA madness and launches madness. a new security key-based replacement. So I'm confused by it saying they're launching a new security key-based replacement because from reading the article, it sounds like they're just saying, hey, you should use the YubiKey. <laughs> yeah. So how is that launching something? So first off, I can't read the word madness without thinking of space madness from Ren and Stimpy. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I think reefer madness. Well, there is reefer madness. Yeah. Space madness was funnier. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, But in this case, they are talking about uh, not just YubiKeys, but any kind of FIDO-compliant key. So one of the challenges that you have when you browse the web is there's a lot of automated traffic that's out there that's mostly attack traffic. And so if you can identify that and filter it out, that knocks out a lot of the reconnaissance attacks that are out there. And the most common way to do that is a CAPTCHA. We've all seen it. You know, are you a robot? Are you human? Click on everything that has a bicycle in it. Click on everything that has a bus or crosswalk or whatever, you know. And there's always that one little bit of crosswalk. You're like, yep. do I click this Here's one? these fuzzy letters that you can't possibly uh, read. Yeah, so you got to play the fun. audio thing because you are a robot. Yeah, and don't or know God it. forbid you have some sort of color blindness. I've seen those too where it's like oh, yeah. the yeah. colors are just a little off or whatever. And so maybe it's like uh, in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep where you begin to think that maybe you are an android by the end of the book. You don't know. <laughs> so, so what uh, Cloudflare is saying is, look, we need a better way for people to prove they are who they say they are. Well, what's one method we already use multi-factor authentication right what if you had a token that identified you and then when you went to a web page instead of having to click on all the crosswalks or flip the cow upside right or whatever it is you have to do you just plug in your multi-factor authentication token your your key so a yubi key is a great example because they cost about 30 bucks you pop it in and off you go right so that's a, a great idea i think because it's easier than dealing with this captcha bs that we deal with right However, the one thing they're not really calling out is that the token needs to identify you, that you are a person, that you are unique, right? So this is a way of de-anonymizing your internet access, right? Mm. They might not know your name, but if I go to 15 different websites and pass the test by using the same token to identify me as a person, they now know that it's me that went to these 15 sites. So there's some real privacy concerns. I was surprised to see Cloudflare pushing it, but I understand why. You know, They are kind of the gatekeeper of, it's something like 25% of the internet now. A huge portion of the internet is behind Cloudflare uh, as far as like the top 100 websites visited and, and so on. So uh, uh, I see what they're trying to do. I think it's a neat idea. I've said for a long time that if you want to make the internet a better place, remove anonymity, right? Like yeah. all the trolling that happens is because that people are able bye to do stuff anonymous. Yeah. The attacks, the hacks that happen, all that is because people can do things anonymous. It's like, the author of Conan, right? He said that um, a barbarian society is actually more polite because in a, in a modern society, you don't have to worry about someone cleaving your skull in two <laughs> if you say something nasty. Isn't that like an NRA saying, right? An armed society is, is a, a polite, polite society. society. Yeah. yeah, very similar. <laughs> That's right. So, so if, if everything you did on the internet had your name stamped on it, right, people would behave a lot better. <laughs> yeah. uh, privacy would be out the window, but security would be up. So these well, are the choices we make. a lot of people that like, are down with that now. Like, let's just get rid of privacy and private ownership, and therefore we just tell you what you need, and you can have it, and then you're happy. 
Just like it's, they want you to be. Yes. <laughs> well, the, Come the other me, thing they mention in this article, yeah, after talking about the um, the, the keys and, and like YubiKey, is using your phone. And, you know, if, whether you did NFC to tap it to your computer or things like that, we've all got the phone, you know, most of us, a lot more than have, you know, YubiKey. Yeah. So why not just go that route? But uh, I was wondering if you could just like reprogram the like Moderna or Pfizer chip you have in yeah. your arm and, and like use that. Well, so uh, another argument on this one was that uh, in order to authenticate, you had to have a token. So the token cost money, right? Yeah. Uh, where Do you guys remember years ago, somebody was pushing to do where every email cost a penny to send? Oh, my God. No. Right? Uh, it was a, it was an email tax they were proposing. Oh, yeah. I do. Because the, uh, the USPS was like hurting horribly because lettered mail was going down well, so dramatically it, or something. I mean, that, that's true, but yeah. it, it was actually just tied to the fact that right now, if I want to send out a million spam emails, it costs me nothing. It's true. But if it was a penny each, your <laughs> average person wouldn't <laughs> care, right? <laughs> you know, you send five emails a day, yeah. it was five cents, who cares, yeah. right? But the fact that you were willing to pay that penny showed that you were an actual person. living person and, yeah. and so on. So Tied to a bank account. Yeah. Kind, of the idea, kind of the idea here. Yeah. Interesting. Makes sense. Hey, they're trying something, right? Yeah. That's all there is. Like you say, Don, don't come to me with just problems. Bring a solution on the board with that. I don't think this one will work. Might be not of, a good one, right? Yeah, it'll have to be refined somewhat, but I'd be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. It's funny how a lot of things like that. Mail. We have these these problems that are super difficult to, to solve, so there's almost this non-start. And sometimes you just got to get the ball rolling. Yeah, crappy idea. Give me the crappiest idea you got, and we'll start from there and, and you know refine it. Yeah. yeah. What if I could monetize my own email account to say oh, if you want to email me it costs a penny <laughs> so like you know your friends are like yeah oh, that's worth it to send you an invite to this party or whatever but you know like the yeah. the big companies might go you know i don't know that i want to you you wouldn't get spam right yeah oh, that's true. Uh, but you also wouldn't get password reset emails <laughs> <laughs> so you know maybe i could whitelist certain yeah. certain people or ah, something. now you're thinking yeah. see it got the creative juices through flowing right. over there and he's coming up with copyright 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 TM. <laughs> that's my thing there, there right. are some witty things like i i was talking to a guy a couple of years ago and he said one thing he did is he created an inbox rule that looked for the word unsubscribe that if you had the word unsubscribe anywhere in the email just move it into spam because he said none of my friends are going to say unsubscribe, unsubscribe to me. Yeah. it's and not a, and a password reset wouldn't have unsubscribe most likely wouldn't likely mm -hmm. right yeah. so you know that was people come up with creative interesting ways like that to be able to try and reduce spam where yeah. possible i'm looking in thesaurus right now for unsubscribe as a marketer <laughs> to go that's yeah. why some of them now say like update your preferences yeah would you uh, like they, to they don't want to say unsubscribe do you subscribeify do you subscribeify <laughs> <laughs> make up your own words to make this happen. yeah like we are still compliant. All right. Our next article is from Bleeping Computer and is about Windows. <laughs> that is not the right Windows because that is XP. You're killing it Windows on the soundboard. Yeah, I'm just, got it going I'm pushing some buttons here. If I don't listen to you guys and just focus on the board, <laughs> it goes a lot easier. It's hard to get like the sounds in between the things you guys are saying, so I'm just... You know, cutting you Go off. I don't right. Go for it. Sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, Windows 10 is gaining these nifty enhancements in the next update. And boy, oh boy, I can't wait to hear what... Is it dark mode? Is it another dark, darker mode? You know, it's not a dark mode. Oh. It's almost as bad, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> so Microsoft has been telling us for a while that the next major update to Windows 10 is coming, which is called... Uh, oops, I just scrolled past it. There it is. The 21H2 update, mm -hmm. right? Which is supposed to be the second half of 2021. Is that from uh, Hummer? 
Hummer as well, sure. H2. Yeah, 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 just like that. It is an H2. And, uh, <laughs> and so the uh, the update is coming soon, and you might ask yourself, what constitutes a major update? Obviously, it's major, so there's going to be some big features. In the the H updates, that's when they roll out new features, not like the security fixes they roll out all year long. Well, in this particular case, their major update is a little underwhelming. Okay, um, drum roll? You want a drum roll? Sure. Okay, you ready? All right. All right, go ahead, Don. What do we got? Uh, first off, HDR support for color-managed apps, which if you're a graphics designer or a video editor you might care about, the rest of us, is absolutely dumb. I just peed. <laughs> there you go. It has nothing to do with this. Uh, the I one a lot of people have been talking about is they're changing the default system font. They're switching hmm. to a variable font that looks okay. better on larger and smaller screens. What's their font now? Is it Sego UI, Kurt? isn't it? No. Uh, it is Ka- Calibri, Calibri or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and so now they're switching to Sego UI variable. Uh, ah. They're doing this so they can use one font across small mobile devices all mm. the way up to large tablets and even TVs. Well, so, that seems like a legitimate reason. One to font a font. to rule like, them all. Yeah, trying to make a better experience at the end for everyone. But have you ever like switched operating systems because of a font? <laughs> No. So, all right, so not a, no. not a major feature then. Yeah. No, not not a major feature. <laughs> yeah, I won't use Comic Sans Linux anymore yeah. because of that. <laughs> Done with that. Uh. Yeah. They are introducing a new feature that if you've used Macs, you've uh, had for a long, long time, which is when you restart your computer, it can automatically launch the applications that were running prior to you rebooting in the first place, which is neat. That's very nice, actually. Although in the preview, it only worked with Windows Store apps, which is basically <laughs> useless. Um, I don't know if they've rolled that out to include other non-Windows Store apps. I thought they were going to troll us like, it only works tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it will also reopen the uh, application that caused your system to lock up in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Just creating an this endless loop. loop of, uh, well, this is done. Now, uh, thanks to the pandemic, they have rolled in some new camera settings. So if you have a, like if you install a Logitech camera on your system, you can't adjust a lot of stuff until you download the Logitech software. If you want to do like manual focus, change the contrast and all that. Well, Microsoft is starting to bake some of that in for a lot of cameras. So that'll help out now that the pandemic is ending and people are going back to work just in time for us not to need the cameras anymore. Uh, but that's starting to roll out. That's a tricky um, one when they don't own the, the hardware. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But uh, you know, we'll see where that one ends up. Otherwise, it's just some really light UI stuff that's changing. Not what I would describe as a significant update. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I take the update and don't even notice it. Hmm. Well, you'll be like, hey, this font looks a little, a little different. I don't know that I'm going to notice and that. I didn't really care. <laughs> Look at all these serifs on my... Don, you're full Windows now, right? You're not running the uh, dual boot machine anymore, right? Uh, no. So my my laptop dual boots Windows and Ubuntu. Okay. I thought uh, you had said you'd like WSL. It's like, oh no, kind of like just changed your life. I do boot to Ubuntu a lot less, gotcha. uh, and you know I've got my Windows terminal. It defaults to WSL, so I, ah. I, I can drop right into to Linux when I want. Yeah. I do use it. I find it handy because there's like a lot of things that I'll want to do in Windows, and it's like, man, this is so much easier. Oh, it's Linux. Yep. Here we go. Now yeah, it's easy. Yeah. All right. They should just... Here's a major uh, end-user update. It's now Linux. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've been saying there needs to be a Microsoft Linux. There will be one day. Just uh, I don't know when. All right. Fair enough. We'll look for those updates and let us know uh, what you think in our, our form over at techne.do. Let us know what you think about the new Windows 10 updates. I think Gloria Estefan is right, and one day the rhythm will get you. <gasps> it's coming. Are we going to cover the Benefer thing? Is that oh, in our article list? Uh, I don't think that's our next article. No, all right. Maybe that's Do we next know that they're back together or they were just spotted together? 
Who knows? I don't know if they were holding. We can, hands we can all hope. I mean, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I will do some searching and see if we can find out. All right. Our next article is from my favorite, Behind Bars, which is dang it, I can never find. He spent it. the majority of his formative years. So. Break the law, and you'll go to jail. All right. This one made me physically mad <laughs> yesterday uh, reading it because at first I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I spent some time on the guy's Instagram. Uh, but this one is from Ars Technica. Uh, this says, Tesla owner who drives from the back seat got arrested and then did it again. Man jailed uh, for leaving the driver's seat empty says he feels safer in the back seat. So uh, we can go through. There's a few things that, uh, that upset me here. Number one, uh, I call BS on his feel safe in the back seat thing because I watched the Instagram video of him uh, where he is not buckled in in the back seat. <laughs> He's got the buckle on the front seat done so that the Tesla thinks there's someone in there. As sophisticated as the Tesla is, yeah. apparently that's all it takes to trick it. If you just buckle the front seat belt, it assumes a human if being I, is there. If I put a backpack in this in the passenger seat of my car, it'll like flicker the airbag on and off because yeah. the weight like yeah. Tesla doesn't know there's absolutely nothing in the front seat of this vehicle and there's just a douchebag sitting yeah. in the back seat my car actually has a little like infrared sensor where it knows that a human being is Does sitting really? in yeah, yeah. Wow. I just buckle my dog in and <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be even better don't drive angry <laughs> my yeah. dog's just looking out the window <laughs> you gotta keep your hands on the steering wheel to put a little peanut butter yeah, around the yeah. steering wheel and you're set to go but the second thing that got me on this one is the, uh, the quote from this gentleman uh Param Sharma, he he said afterwards because his car was impounded, his Tesla, mm-hmm. oh, and so he leaves say. jail, goes and gets a new Tesla, and does what this kind of again. Money is this guy? Well, that's what he asked. When asked yeah. if he purchased a new Tesla after the previous one was impounded, he said, "Quote: Yeah, I'm rich as f. I'm very rich." <laughs> so I hate this guy. Okay. So you know, reading the article, you, you do get a little frustrated. This guy endangered other people, but if you watch his video. He's like the most smug douchebag yeah. possible. Oh. He's got like the tags hanging off Man. of his, you know, Gucci oh, you scarf and me. stuff. And it's just like... Uh, someone's going to hang him with that scarf. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But, but, you know, there, there were accusations early on that people had seen somebody driving down the interstate with no one in the driver's seat in a Tesla. And, and the, the Tesla spokesperson came out and said, no, that's not possible. You can't, can't drive a Tesla without somebody being in the driver's seat. Uh-uh. Uh, there was a video of two guys who decided to do it as a prank or whatever, wrecked into a tree. Hmm. Uh, and so that was going around. And so then people were saying, well, like, wait, you said you couldn't do it. Uh, the Tesla people said, yeah, they must have modified the car. Well, then this guy comes along and his modification was just buckling that seatbelt. Yeah. So uh, key lesson here, cars are not smart enough to drive themselves yet. And so this you don't is, say. Yeah, yeah. And, and cars are incredibly dangerous. Uh, you know, people are afraid of guns, but yeah. cars, a, a car going five miles an hour can kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he had those like clear plastic bags full of gas in the back. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a Tesla. He's fine. Uh, no, he still had to get gas. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. So that was uh, the news told him we were running out of gas. So he went and got some. Well, the, the idiots in cars uh, subreddit, there was a picture of a, a Tesla at a gas station, and the lady was filling up a gas can, and the little caption was, should someone tell her? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this she's is... just getting gas for her like lawnmower. Or something. <laughs> yeah. This guy was on the the Bay Bridge doing this in, no in out in San Francisco between Oakland and like, and he says uh, people have brake checked him and that his car came to a complete stop on the bridge, so he's good. Yeah, um, well, there you go. So, but yeah, yeah uh, take I a look. What, at this he, guy. what does he do for a living? How, how does he make uh, his money? He is a son of a. Oh. 
Uh, he he's like 17, born. 18 That's years old. That's one way to do oh, it. Oh, goodness gracious. You know, you're kidding me. No, my, uh, my high school career counselor never offered that one up to me. Just uh, be born rich. Yeah. 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 Oh, so she considered family money. That. She was all like, you should join the army. You're not going to make it in college. And, but, you know, I could have just been somebody's son. I got to say that the e- the best part about this, is he he is retweeting or, or uh, resharing different people's posts, like a videos being like, hey, I saw Tesla today with nobody driving. He's basically given the prosecution like the entire evidence, evidence in just one Instagram feed. So it, it's in all today's sad. day and age, they'll be like, I find this to be a legitimate thing. Just let the man drive in the backseat of his car. <laughs> he didn't hurt anybody. It's a God-given right <laughs> to yeah, let your car right. drive you. That's right. The libertarian platform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, care of. All right. It's a God-given right. <laughs> It's in the Constitution right there. Tesla. God wouldn't have made Teslas if he didn't want me to drive around in one. George Washington wouldn't even come over here That's if he right. didn't think he could do that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I see a steering wheel when he was crossing the Delaware? No. no. Yes. Yeah, just up. went that way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, hey, we got some webinars coming up. We got one today, actually. Uh, take your WVD to the next level. That is not it. WVD yeah. treated. Yeah, you do. I, you get penicillin shots for that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, doctor, I'm afraid my WD, uh, WVD has gone to the next level. That's right. This is a uh, real flare up. Here. Azure monitor and uh, hives. Uh, but this one is about Windows Virtual Desktop. In fact, oh, uh, Mike will be talking uh, about bad. that with Wes and how to uh, clear up your WVD. Uh, that's today at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Head over to itpro.tv slash webinars, and you can sign up for that. And if you're listening to this uh, at a later time, don't worry. You can check out the archive at that same page. Also, I have another one coming up on June 3rd, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, which is Breaking the Code of Digital Transformation, What Most Organizations Miss When Creating Digital Strategies. And Chris Ward is hosting that for us, but we've got Mark Bradley and Leslie Landry as the uh, subject matter experts, and they are uh, very well known in that ITIL world. So uh, definitely check that one out. Again, that's uh, June 3rd, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, itpro.tv slash webinars. We'll have all the registration info for those and while you're on that internet head over to technado aka technado.com and you can uh, see all the latest episodes you can uh, contact us and tell us some articles you'd want us to cover or tell us why we are wrong in any of the other articles and uh, oh we got a link on there now to the swag store so you can go and and get that uh, get that technado shirt uh, or sticker pack uh, and you know, represent. And also there's a big orange link in the upper corner that says sponsored by IT Pro TV. Click on that and get 30% off coupon code for your personal membership for the lifetime of it uh, to IT Pro TV. And you can also request a team trial and see all the great features available for teams from IT Pro TV. All right. Nailed it. Well, Don, it's good having you back. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I would have much rather have been here last Tuesday than stuck in the airport as I was. So very unpleasant. Plus the airport, it's like your own little like episode of the terminal. Man, it was packed, <laughs> and it's still like full pandemic protocol, except you can't be six feet away from people. Mm. It's just yeah, it was bad, mm. bad all around. And uh, I learned in. American Airlines has a policy that even if you're like halfway through your flight, if weather cancels your connection. Uh, what they do is they give you absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Verbal they, abuse you. They don't even the give gate. you your luggage back. So, they Oh, will, your flight got canceled. You're so <laughs> stupid. They will point you to the Chili's to go. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's over there if you want to get something. <laughs> they don't actually verbally abuse you. I don't want to be liable here. 
No, they do. They do. Yeah. Not by policy, though. <laughs> Next week, we have uh, Jorge on, who is one of the AWS uh, trainers we've had in. So that'll be exciting. Hmm. Oh, cool. So we will look yeah. for that. Uh, but until then, uh, we will see you guys next week right here on Technado with Don Pizzette. 